Welcome to Her Story Podcast. Son histoire à elle, un balado bilingue qui met en valeur non seulement le succès des femmes du Québec, mais qui souligne leur pratique et vie de tous les jours. I'll be talking with creative, successful and game-changing women who are inspiring and relatable in the ordinary and extraordinary lives they lead. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Kathleen Stavert, your host of the Her Story podcast. And it means the world that you're back for more listening to the podcast. It would also mean the world if you shared this podcast with your pals, your buddies. And if you shared and they starred and rated and reviewed the podcast, then we're all good. So this week, we're not talking about death anymore. Death series is over, but it was super interesting. So if you've missed it, go back. The last three episodes were dedicated to the subject of death. And we're going in a whole other direction this time. We're going to be talking about the entertainment industry. And in the entertainment industry, there's a certain position that is highly underrated, unrecognized in all the award ceremonies, and no one really gives out major accolades to. Yet people who are in this position have the ability to change someone's life overnight. Can you guess who it is? The casting director. The casting director is somewhat of the intermediate between the actors and the production company. And put very simply, they help cast the show, but really they do so much more than that. They rely on their intuition and instincts and hold stakes in the reason why you just love that character in succession so much, but can't put your finger on why. I was so lucky that Jessica Greenberg of Greenberg Casting sat down with me to talk about the unconventional career path that she's had. It was so interesting to have a relaxed conversation with someone who sits on the other side of the table and have her demystify the process. Jessica is refreshingly down to earth, positive, and really excited to get to know actors and local talent. Hell yes! She built her company from the ground up because there's no casting director training but the job itself. So actor or not, this is a rare insight on an elusive industry and Jessica Greenberg makes it more relaxed, welcoming, and a whole lot more fun. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. You're casting director. Yep. For those of, for those of us out there who don't know what that is. Can you describe what you do? Yeah, so pretty much I'm hired by productions, producers to, I guess, populate their productions and shows. So um, I'll get a script, I'll read it, break it down, and then pretty much start the casting process. So um, looking through submissions and also thinking... Uh, about the people I know already in my mental database who I think may be fit for certain roles. And then uh, we start auditioning and then, you know, building the ensemble and and making sure all that works. And then um, depending on the project, sometimes there's negotiations and sometimes not. But um, I guess in a really concise way, that's 
that's what I do. So that's really interesting. I, I wasn't sure who exactly hired you, but you say it's, it is the product production company yeah. that hires you to, to do that. Yeah. And just going a little bit more in depth, um, can you just walk me through the whole process of casting from receiving the script to the breakdowns to casting the show? Yeah, well, um, I tend to, I guess, speak a lot with the production or the director, like whoever my point of contact is, to really get a sense of the style that they're going for and, um, yeah, I guess the style and what their expectations are, what kind of people they want to see. And then that, when when I read the script, I have that information in mind and... um, I guess that's the very early stages and then it again project dependent how much time we have sometimes a lot of the projects are so tight that my first session is actually a director session so I'll sit like I don't have time to pre-select or pre-screen the actors it's more just like okay we have an audition day and the director will be there uh day one and uh so it's usually just such a fast turnaround um other productions are totally fine if I just send them tape so if I can't see people then it's self-tape or Mm. whatever it is but um in short yeah I guess and when there's a breakdown so breakdown for those of you who, who don't know about it it's it's um it's a a sort of summary of what they're looking, what sort of characters. So female, 27 to 35, uh, five foot seven sometimes, uh, hipster, <laughs> sort of Nicole Kidman lookalike. Well, that's not very hipster. But there's a sort of breakdown that describes the character. Right. Sometimes it's purely physically and other times it's it's more sort of energetically and and uh, more of the, more in-depth of the character. Yeah. Uh, who, who builds that breakdown? Um... A lot of the times it is the stuff that I've done, I work really, like I do it with the director. Okay. Um, or I'll I'll do it based on the script and then have them approve it. Saying like, this is sort of okay. what I've got from this. Is this cool with you? And then I'll, that's what I'll post. Okay. Um, Interesting. They are really tricky to write. I I can imagine. <laughs> I do not envy that process yeah, at all. <laughs> to try and like write an energy, like capture a person, like yeah. a complex living human being. Exactly. It's yeah. really really difficult, and uh, sometimes it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, you know, and then sometimes you like you write a description, and then you see the submissions, and you're like. I don't think they're getting it. <laughs> or it's just like, nope, that's not that's not what I was going Go for, for you know? So yeah. sometimes it's it's really hard to translate that. And that must be like quite a bit of pressure too, because not only are you, you know, you're doing your own work, but you're also you have the production company and the director sort of peeking over your shoulder, making sure that you're you know, putting into sort of birthing their vision of a character. Yeah. Like that must be a lot. Totally. (laughs) It's more just like they have to put their trust that I am bringing forward, like who I truly feel are the best options or, um, yeah, it, you know, sometimes like, especially on like some of the docudramas I do when it's like 
we do have to find lookalikes. Yeah. Sometimes I sit down with the director <laughs> with casting workbook open and we go through the pages. I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> we're, no we're not there. Like, we're just, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's almost like I have to prove myself or just show them like, trust me, I've, I've, I've been around the block. I've, I've done my due diligence. I've checked. And sometimes yeah. it just, you know, then we have to think outside the box. It's like, okay, well, we can't nail the look exactly. So, you know. Is there something more in the in the personality that you can find? And, yeah, 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 I do find in, you know, specifically, specifically for that project, we do focus more on that energy and those people who can, uh, like, drive those roles yeah. more than an identical physical match. Right. Yeah. And generally, yeah. I mean, generally, <laughs> the physical matches are a little bit more glamorous than the oh. actual person. Oh. I mean, you know, like, that, that's not to like, you know. No, I mean, at the end of the day, love to it the is real people. TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So yeah. you want to, uh, yeah, it's TV. So there's that. And, and uh, there's also, it's a bit of a mystery in that, like, we don't. We want you to fall in love with all the characters. We don't yeah. want to give away the story from the start. So, yeah, and you don't necessarily want to be subjective. Uh, like, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You want everyone to be open to all of the characters. Yeah. yeah. So, how did you get into this? You now have your your own casting company. Yeah. How did? How, how long have you been running? Uh, Greenberg Casting. Greenberg Casting is going into. Our third year. Wow. But I've been casting and working in production for about like 10. Okay. So I started out as um, a production assistant one summer um, at a local production company. And then during university, I got this part-time job as a coordinator slash. They're like, yeah, there's going to be a bit of casting. I was like, oh, cool. Like I've always wanted to try that. So. So yeah, I was sort of, I was a coordinator on this show, also a docudrama. It was called The Will. Okay. And uh, was coordinating and part-time doing like booking all the interviews, travel for the participants, for the crew. And then uh, once I graduated it, we we got into all of the, um, we got into all of the reenactments. And they're like, okay, it started like time to cast and it was non-union at the mm. time oh no way so it was like finding those uh agents that represent non-union talent yeah. um but then it was also like going to malls churches oh, no <laughs> like actual scouting oh yeah like wow. going out with flyers i was like sitting outside churches on sundays like like desperate to find people I was getting people off Craigslist it how many was, years ago was this this was probably about like 10 10 years ago 10 wow. years ago wow. yeah my Maybe 10, things 11. changed so much things like it's wild to think about what I did back then like I was just like this would just never fly right now yeah yeah at all um and but that's like I sort of taught myself like I put a process in place where like we had I had hundreds of people coming in and this was like we didn't take sound on set so people were just miming and like the real like lookalikes for this project were like very important Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, everyone held a number. I took a picture. Like, it was, like, very old school and how we registered people or whatever. And uh, that's what I did. And then while I was casting, then I was also, like, sort of second ADing. I was picking talent up from their homes, going to Mm -hmm. set, acting as a second AD. And sort of, it was, like, a full production boot camp from, like, like, I just learned everything. And you said that you got this job while you were at university. Yeah. What were you studying? I studied human relations. Okay. Yeah. Do you see a link? Totally. I mean, it's, I'm dealing with people all the time and it's, I have to, not that I change who I am, but I really have to almost pivot how I am with a director, with an actor, with agents. And it's, you know, it's managing all of that. Yeah. So. Because although it's part of the same industry, it's like different tiers. Like it's just such different parts of the industry. Yeah. Like working in auditions, like it's totally creative and I'm working with actors who are there who are vulnerable. It's like, you know, I'm one way and when I'm dealing with agents, it's business and it's, you know, logistics and then producers. It's also more of like the business side. I have to, because I have my business, it's negotiating with them for myself and sales and business development and, you know, all those things. So it's really. What was the plan when you were studying human relations? Did you have a sort of field, like a, a more like an idea, a sort of outline of what you wanted to go into? Yeah, I knew I always wanted to like be in, I guess I called it entertainment. Like okay. I didn't really know. So I didn't really know what that meant, but I always loved like TV. I loved like even set design. Hmm. I was always just like very gravitated towards that. In high school, I did a bit of theater um, and I just did not feel myself, but then I did some, like, we did Battle of the Bands, and I was doing the auditions, like, for that, and I was like, oh my god, I really like this, (laughs) literally. X, X, X. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to do something in the field, didn't know what, and I just, I had a friend that had started um, in human relations, and they said it was, like, a great program, so I was like, okay, I knew I wanted a BA, I, like, I wanted that university experience, but I also knew that I just had to start working right away to mm-hmm. sort of build my resume and just meeting people and networking in the mm-hmm. field and then I I guess I just figured I'd figure it out yeah. then you know yeah and that's really like it's really on on the job that you learn like you can do all the studying yeah. you want and it's on the job that you know you learn the skills and also you discern whether it's for you or if it's not for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So fast forward after recruiting people, scouting malls and, and churches and what, yeah. how, how did you get to, to where you are now? Well, pretty much, um, I, they asked me to come back for the second season cool. and I went back for like three days, but then in that three days I got another offer from another production company to work as a coordinator and it was a really tough decision but I I took the other job and I had to quit four days in saying listen I'm so sorry I can't do this to myself again just going through the stress and the pressure and it like at one point it had switched to union the show so the the final few episodes I was like working with agents that I work with now and actors I was like wow like this exists I didn't so then when they're like yeah we're coming back for season two and it's non-union 
I was like, there was a pit in my stomach, but I was, I was like, it's a, it's a contract and working on contract, you can't really say no to them. Yeah. You take them as they come. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then I got this other contract. I was like, listen, I'm really, really sorry. I got to go. And so did the other contract and then did a few here and there bouncing around as production coordinator, did a little bit as a producer's assistant, which was interesting. And then uh, when Fatal Vows was picked up, I went back uh, to that company. It was Union, and that's sort of how the ball started rolling. So worked on Fatal Vows, and then they had a bunch of other productions at the time, uh, Strangers in My Home, Imposters. Mm -hmm. They did a few other, like, magazine-style shows, and I was sort of, like, doing all the casting and being the liaison with ACTRA, Mm. and uh, narrators, voices, literally whatever they needed that had people, if they had sizzle reels, if they, whatever Mm -hmm. it was, I sort of took care of that. And then Fatal Vows had a bit of like a, it wasn't being renewed, like it was being, the air date was being pushed. So there was a big window of time where like, we weren't really sure what was happening. And it was just very clear to me at that point. I was like, okay, well, I I need to get other projects. And I actually, like, I think the year before I had a logo made. Like, in the back Mm -hmm. of my head, I was like, I always knew I wanted to do this. Like, I wanted to work on other projects and see where it could go. And so, but there was never a a clear time that I could just get out and go. Mm -hmm. And then that presented itself. There was, you know, and so that's what I did Mm -hmm. Uh, during that time. Um, I sort of, I guess, launched the company and I worked from home that year. Whenever there was like a few auditions, I would use the production houses or rent a space. And then the following year when I had more uh, contracts lined up, I was able to get an office Mm -hmm. and sort of build from that. Sounds like you just just always said yes to everything. I mean, I'm sure there were like some bumps and curves around the way for sure, but it just sounds like you were just open and knew that you, you know, wanted to work and needed to work and you were enjoying it and you just said yes to whatever came and then the, the, the opportunities just flowed in and pretty much. I mean, I definitely was very lucky with CMJ, Mm -hmm. like that they had so many projects that I was able and we, we had a great relationship in that, you know, when a project would wrap up, you know, they didn't want me to go somewhere else. So like, they're like, oh, do you want to do these transcriptions? I was like, sure. (laughs) You know, and I would sit in coffee shops transcribing the episodes and, you know, just jumping around. Like it it was, now I've gotten more comfortable with the downtime and I've learned to take advantage (laughs) of the downtime. But like after university, you know, production is so cyclical and, I would Tell get like <laughs> awful anxiety when it was like nearing November, December and it's like crickets, nothing is happening. And I'm like, okay, that's it. Like, I think I'm just going to have to get like a regular nine to five job. And like, mm-hmm. I don't think I could deal with this. I can't manage this. Yeah. Like, it's stressful. How could you plan a life? Like how, you know, and then I'm like, oh my God, saving money. <laughs> like all of it. I was, I was, yeah. 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 So girl. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and so this is in December. Uh, we're in December yeah. right now, right? The week before Christmas. And like things just like kind of go radio silence from like beginning of December to mid January. So that's a whole six weeks yeah. of 
not much going on and that can definitely be terrifying yeah it is it's really confronting I I find but but have you been in like through enough of those dips because like what I'm finding at the moment is that I've been through enough of those quiet times to know that a I'm gonna be okay yeah b I've like there's so many other things to be grateful for and c like honestly there's I think we're allowed some time to reflect as well and just sort of put the anxiety aside and, mm-hmm. and know that things will pick up. You know, I used to have this fear that I'll never work again, but that's yeah. not true. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like you've you've kind of got to that point where you're able to navigate when you, you know, the, the quieter times and, totally. and actually enjoy them? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like when when it we're busy, it's it's so busy and it's mm. so intense that I like everything else just falls Right. Like your life. Yeah. It becomes your life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so that's why like it does stop drastically. (laughs) It's like a hard stop. Like, and I'm not even expecting a call to do like a random commercial that I get during the summer. Like, hey, we're shooting in two weeks. Can you help us with this? Yeah, sure. No problem. Like, I just know that is not going to happen. And I'm totally fine with that. And, um, because you've been through it enough to know that it's okay and it is going to pick up. Yeah. And I have to take this time to rest and to, you know, set goals for the new year Mm -hmm. in terms of business and personal and all those things. Because when I'm busy, I don't have time to even think about any of that. Exactly. It's more just like, okay, let's go and we got to get everything done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You see so many actors that come through you've probably seen hundreds and hundreds yeah thousands I don't know (laughs) what would you say is like a mistake that you see actors do when they come in and audition and like you say you see so many people come in vulnerable I don't know what you're talking about but (laughs) (laughs) but you see people come in very vulnerable and yeah, is there is there something that you sort of wish that you could say to an actor or just a, a recurring mistake that you see? Um, I just think that you just have to go in being yourself and just like bring yourself to the role because if it's not natural, if you're trying to put on something, then it's just going to read inauthentic Mm -hmm. so either and I've always said it's it's not a matter of like if you're good or bad it's really like is your energy right for the role is you know Mm -hmm. that just your natural being so I would say people try and maybe read into the character too much Mm. but it's you know just be your like be yourself in that role and make your mm-hmm. decisions based on the information you get because a lot of the time it is limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So almost like you're bringing your own personality into another body in a way, like you're sort of mad. Because I, I hear this a lot um, being yourself and I, and I wonder because it is another character and Mm -hmm. I think I'm starting to understand what, what it means, but you are playing another character and, and for those, for those actors that are more inclined to be character actors. And I think for those that especially have a theater background where like character is such an important thing and we've been trained to kind of get out of ourselves and, 
and 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 go as far as we can into another character i think that there's um there's a bit of um a, a desire to to become a character in mm-hmm. a way and maybe that's not so appropriate for television but i i wonder sometimes how does one remain themselves when they are actually in fact playing someone else right you just expand on that a little of bit? of course <laughs> so i'll give you an example and maybe this will sort of help explain it mm-hmm. so there was a role we had a role of like a very overbearing naggy mother mm-hmm. and we saw probably like four or five women for the role and we ended up going with someone who maybe didn't have the most experience the biggest resume like any of that but she was that person like Mm -hmm. she was that nag that and like she just had that energy (laughs) so it's it's she wasn't like it just felt very authentic she wasn't trying Trying. to be that she just was that you know yeah and so humans are like and people are so multifaceted and layered and you know so in like in every role you know you do try and find the similarities to those characters like Mm -hmm. what do I have within myself what are my experiences that I've gone through that could relate to this character so you do try and bring that out from yourself so Mm -hmm. um yeah did that yeah no it does make it it does make a lot more sense and I think that a lot of us with a theater background uh come into film and television trying a little bit too hard and trying to make something so particular and so special of the character when actually it's more about going inside and seeing like how how am I aligned in in how am I aligned with that character yeah and then bringing that to life without because I mean as you know you've seen so many auditions uh you can tell when it's not true Totally. And that's the difference too between theater and TV and slash film is theater, you're performing and people aren't close to you. Mm -hmm. So your facial expressions, your body language, just it has to be bigger. Mm -hmm. On TV, like you could be thinking something and your face changes and we see it Mm -hmm. like right away, you know? So it's so different acting for both things that you know, yes, the training for theater is one thing because you have to do certain things in theater to get those things across. Mm-hmm. But in TV and film, it's so much in a way more subtle. Yeah. Um, that if you try too much, like it, you just see it right away. Yeah. You so, see that, that little flicker in an eye almost. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I guess on the flip side, um, I hear a lot of a lot of people talking about actors coming in with a certain vibe, a certain confidence, and they just completely change the molecules in the room. And I'm sure you've seen that happen just as many times as you've seen mistakes or, 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 or sort of something that doesn't resonate. But is there anything in particular that you remember or just um, an experience that you had where someone walks in and they do the audition and you're just like, whoa, like things have changed in the room. And and yeah. and are you able to pinpoint what it is? Maybe not. And maybe that's the sort of true sort of, you know, heavyweight, heavyweight acting yeah. stuff. But 
It is hard to pinpoint. There was a recent um, episode I did where I saw this new talent from for like a secondary role and she was great. And I looked at the director and we were both like, I think we need to bring her back for the principal. Like mm-hmm. she's got something. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we were both just like, whoa, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, something changed, you yeah. know, like we were, and to pinpoint it, I don't know. Like it's very hard. Yeah. And she came back and read for the, the principal role and we ended up casting her. Wow. Um, but it was just like, it was just. She was, maybe it was because she was new. I had never seen her before. Maybe she read differently because you have so many actors coming in for the same role and, you know, and, and sometimes it can be read the same way. Yeah. And then someone does something a little different. It also, I guess it it just felt very like natural. Mm. There was not, and then to see her in the other role that was so different and it also looked natural were like, oh, wow, okay. okay, like, you know, she has, like, amazing range, and wow. it just, like, all of the things just felt authentic and natural. Yeah. That must be a really amazing moment when you're like, I think we've got it. Yeah, <laughs> and that, that's when auditions are so fun. Yeah. You know, there's some projects that just, it takes longer to get and put together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so when it's like, okay, we got it, it's like, yeah and you're like such a relief I did my job thank you yeah exactly how much do how much of a say do you have in casting a person yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it ranges uh on the project I would say and um sometimes it feels like I'm literally just like a middleman Hmm. like here's people and then I'll get a decision and you know I guess the where I have a say is who I'm bringing forward. Um, obviously, right. when you go down the line, they want to see less options. And sometimes it has to go to a network for approval. So then I have to see 20 people to then cut it down to 10 to give to the director. And they'll cut it down to three to then send to the network. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the wow. project. But I guess I, I set the tone of who I'm bringing forward. Right. Um and depending who it, who it is I'm working with. As in the director and producer? Yeah. There's some directors that I have, you know, a very long relationship with. And so, we, like, I know sort of what they're looking for. You know, there's trends in different directors. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, they'll, they'll trust me and they, and like, they trust that I, I've done my job well and I'm very familiar with the, the talent and, um... So in that case, you know, they'll ask more for my opinion and my input and, you know, okay, well, like, who would you pair? Or who would you, you know? And, uh, but then other projects, they're, they got it, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, how do you feel about being in this position? And, and I, I, I mean, everybody in this industry wants the same thing. Like everybody wants to work and mm-hmm. everybody wants to work together in harmony, even though sometimes <laughs> it may not seem that way, but that, it, you know, everyone just wants to get on with it and do what they love. Mm-hmm. 
And I wonder how you see your, like, how do you feel being in this position as the casting director that does have a certain say and a certain amount of control on yeah. people's careers? Like, that's such a delicate thing. And, and like, I wonder how you feel about, like, when actors approach you, uh, at like a social thing or even in the casting room and, mm-hmm. and like, and, and I feel like you're one of the most, um, active casting directors in town because you've come to pretty much everything I've invited you to, <laughs> to come see, which is so great. Yeah. Um, and that's not everyone that does that, but you are very, like, you seem very open and willing to cooperate with, you know, with everyone. But yeah, I'm just curious how you how you sort of manage that the the where you are as a casting director yeah. with everyone else. Well, like when I have the time, I like to go out and meet and see actors in other things other than the 5 to 10 minutes I have with yeah. them in auditions. Yeah. You know, um and I guess that goes back to the authenticity and just being yourself because when even, you know, I follow actors on Instagram and just Mm -hmm. see them in their regular life and maybe that's weird, but like maybe like next gen casting, I don't know. Yeah, oh God. You know, but (laughs) it's it's more just like, yeah, that's why I like to go to theater and I like to watch short films and Mm -hmm. see the talent here because I'm getting a glimpse of what they can do for a specific role in five to ten minutes and and a lot of the times they're like actors are so nervous so like Mm -hmm. I'm not even seeing their best even Mm -hmm. though that's what they're trying to do so to me it's so important to like get familiar with the talent in other ways um to see who they really are because then that also just helps like when reading a role it's like oh what like and I know maybe that disregards what acting is, but like, well, no, I but don't. I don't think it does. There's I think that, it's expanding. Yeah. yeah, but there's then that like truth to like that they bring to a role. Like if I know them better, know what they're into, and mm-hmm. I just find too like a lot of actors are like are so much more talented than I see just in an audition. Like, yeah. and I'm blown away by that. You yeah. know how many like actors also sing and dance and like I don't even do stunts and like write like it's just everything and like a lot of them are just very interesting people so like yeah Mm -hmm. that's sort of why I I, when I can I do make the time to do that because I find it really helps my job and to know the community yeah. yeah it can only help yeah your job yeah so I have a, a question from a friend of mine when I told him that you were coming into the, <laughs> into the podcast. <laughs> he, he was wondering on that sort of same, same leeway. Yeah. With, with so many performers in the city, how do you kind of keep that, that mental bank of actors going in your head and... And like, how do you remember who's around, who's here, who, you know, how do you do, how do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And also, when does your opinion of an actor maybe, maybe change? For example, if an actor has come in a few times and hasn't sort of shown their best, or maybe they definitely weren't the right casting, Mm -hmm. there might be a reticence to bring them back in for certain things, but at some point... 
Yeah, so there's yeah. two questions. In there. Yeah. There's many, so wait, there's what was the first one? So the first question was... Oh, the was, Rolodex sort yeah, of. Yeah, the Rolodex, the mental Rolodex. How do you remember all of that? Yeah, well, I have a pretty crazy memory, I okay. think. <laughs> so that's first. Okay. But then also, when I see the submissions or if I have to go through, you know, photos and the databases myself, then it also jogs my memory of oh yeah, I saw this one here or that one there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's some people, yes, will just pop into my head right away. Like mm-hmm. if I see a reference picture I have to match or if I'm reading a description of a role and I'm like, you know, some people will just automatically pop into my head. Um, and then other times, you know, memories are jogged by seeing their photos. And then also agents too, like a big part of their job is submitting yeah. the right people. And then sometimes if, you know, they'll give me a nudge, be like, hey, Jess, like, I, I really think this person is right. Like, can you please see them? And, you know, sure. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what like building the relationships are. And, you know, so I find it's they can't take advantage of that I guess yeah because then I'll be seeing everyone from the roster all the time but if they feel super strongly and I don't know if it comes from them directly or if their talent says like hey I read this breakdown did you submit me for the role like I really think I'd be great for it you know then um they'll they'll let me know and if I could fit them in and if I agree or whatever, then yeah, like I'll see them a hundred percent. Cause sometimes I do miss things. Yeah. You can't you keep know? all of it. Yeah. I can't keep your, all of yeah. it. And, um, and sort of on that same, just really quickly on that sure. same level, uh, how do you feel about unsolicited self tapes? It's like hard. Yeah. I can. <laughs> because I put myself in your shoes and it must be really difficult. To... Yeah. It's hard. Cause sometimes you'll get one and that you've and you watch it and you're like oh wow and then you sometimes feel like an idiot like why didn't I ask this person to (laughs) self-tape you know um and then other times you're like I have no time yeah we're so busy exactly Uh, you want you have to watch everything that you get because and you must be like this is why I didn't ask this (laughs) right you know so no it goes like there's a whole spectrum but Yeah. yeah I think um Again, but that's when it helps, like, to have an agent, like, to say, like, hey, I know you didn't ask this person for a self-tape, but they feel strongly, they really think they could do a great job, like, will you accept it? And, like, accept a self-tape? Yes, sure. Like, it's, you know, it, like, of course, you know? So that's why I think there's ways to, to get it in if uh, you hadn't been asked. And the second question was, when does your opinion of someone switch mm-hmm. if if there needs to be a switch there I don't know if you've encountered that yeah I think like you just have to give people a few chances um sometimes people will come in unprepared so it's like okay mm-hmm. maybe they were thrown off let's see them again and you know some people there is a big change some not um but again like we say yes there's a lot of actors but in Montreal we're like so t- it's such a small yeah, community so is. sometimes like like I don't necessarily have the luxury to be like, okay, this guy didn't like, wasn't prepared three, right. four times. Like I don't have the luxury to be like, no, I'm not seeing him again. I yeah. need, like, I need to yeah. see certain people, even if I know they will come ill prepared, mm-hmm. you know? Is that one of your, would that be a pet peeve of yours in auditions? Like just the sheer amount of auditions that you do do people coming in unprepared. Like, is that just, yeah, I try and look at the, like, was it on me? Did I send this, the sides out late? Was it, you know, like what, you know, I also know like 
there isn't a ton of work in Montreal. So actors have to have other jobs. And Mm -hmm. what are they? Are they working till two in the morning? Maybe. Like, Mm -hmm. do they have time to prepare? Like, so I am a bit like empathetic to that, you know, just because I get it. But, um, I guess like just the excuses, like no one just, no one needs to hear them, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. just come in, do your best, do what you've prepared. And Sorry, my metro just... and my nose was running and then my shoe fell off. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then just... like, yeah, like my dog ate my homework. Yeah, And definitely like, um, if, if I am there alone and the director's not there, you feel a bit less pressure. I am more chill and laid back, but when there's the director there or even sometimes producer, whoever's involved and like, then it, I get uncomfortable because then it's like, I want to, you know. Yeah. Like, you want to show that you, you've got the people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You, you, you scouted out the right people for that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, if you don't do well, it could hurt my reputation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... You're obviously not just a <laughs> casting director. You're a person. Yeah. You have a life. Yeah. And so one of the big things about this podcast is that I like to talk about what happens behind the scenes um, that's not at the forefront of people's success, basically. That, like, I, I'm really interested in the concept of failure because mm-hmm. I don't know if I actually do believe in failure. Um, I believe that uh, we... we we were moved in different ways and mm-hmm. sometimes we can call that failure. So I'm just wondering if there's anything, any quote unquote failure that has happened in your life where, uh, you were just like, okay, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go down this other path mm-hmm. or another opportunity presents itself. And you might feel a bit sort of downtrodden by it at first, but then you realize that a whole other world is opened up. Has that happened to you yeah totally what's your failure (laughs) (laughs) well there's not just one I'm sure there's many um no I would say like sometimes I get sometimes I just feel like a bit of like an imposter syndrome how I like how you said like oh it sounds like you just said yes and sort of thing just worked out and a large part does feel like that it's like how did I end up here like what am I doing (laughs) you know um so part of me like like I always had to say yes and I just sort of rolled with the punches and did you know but I never worked with another casting director so a lot of part of me like I've taught like I'm all self-taught and again you can't go to school for casting it is a lot about intuition and judgment and um you know memory (laughs) you know if you could say that so but you know part of me is like oh like would my experience be different if I had worked under someone else versus just sort of teaching myself everything that I learned, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the community here is also amazing. Like, yeah. you just, you do learn as you go. Um, so that would be, like, one where it's more like I didn't take the time to say, like, okay, like, casting is what I want to do. Like, am I just going to do this myself or am I going to try and, you know, maybe backpedal a little bit and work with someone else and... Yeah. you know um well it and, seems like you're doing all right yeah I yeah I know I I shouldn't uh yeah I'm very happy and yeah, yeah. proud of where I am for sure um and you know but then also with casting I I went into interview with um a production manager that were, was started at another production company. I had worked with her somewhere else. And I went in almost like maybe a bit too cocky. I was like, this is in the bag. Like, you know, like we had a good relationship and 
you know, similar kind of show. And then I interviewed with her and the producer and then, um, I followed up with her and she was like, oh yeah, like we decided to go with someone else. And I was like, shit, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, that was like a huge blow to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but then just realizing like that, okay, it just, it wasn't meant to be Mm -hmm. like timing wise or, um, I think it was sort of the year that I was working from home. Like maybe it was a project like too big to handle from just, you know, like all these things I try not to look at, like to sulk in that. It's more just like, okay, like to me really like everything happens for a reason and Mm -hmm. I really try and focus on that. And, um, but that was like, I guess a humbling experience and just to say like, okay, like this is going to be a bit more work maybe or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, but then it's probably taking you onto other projects or, or adventures that you wouldn't have had time to do or, or otherwise. And sometimes I think that like, yeah, I think that things happen, for us right Mm -hmm. I I try to remind myself that you know that things happen for us and not necessarily to us and I definitely know that feeling (laughs) like oh well it just wasn't a match this time you know it it wasn't gonna work out this time as actors you must like like, every day day. (laughs) so and yeah you can't you can't let yourself wallow in that or like at least give yourself like if I feel really down about something I'll give myself two hours to be, to sulk and be like, not fair. Yeah. Like the world is against me and everything's not fair. And then out, out of it. Exactly. And then then do something else and, and see what can come from it. Because I think that's the beauty that there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. You have to give yourself that time because like that's also just like a natural reaction, but you have to like realize you're in it and just get yourself out of it. I think like, the greatest thing I've learned is like nothing in life is constant. So even if you're having a shitty day, like just know that it's not going to, you're not going to feel shitty forever and you know, that's going to change or, you know, but also when things are great, enjoy it because you know, whether it's work, finances, relationships, like nothing is constant. So it's enjoy it when it's good and you know, prepare for the bad. And when it's bad, just remember that like, it's not going to be that way forever. forever. What makes your life meaningful at the moment? Hmm. Um, I mean, work is definitely a big part. <laughs> That's great because you spend a lot of time yeah. at work. Yeah. So, yeah. I always said like, you know, I have younger cousins or just friends that like, I always felt really grateful that I found what I love. Mm to do because just that like there's still people who are like I don't know what I want to do with my life and so I always felt like really lucky and grateful that I found what I like and that I could make a life of it yeah um my niece and nephew are like literally the greatest how old are they they're uh one is turning six in a few weeks and the other is two and a half. Oh, yeah. So sweet. Yeah. And so I'm super close with my family. And so they're like, you know, it's the, little, the first generation, like my sister, you know, out of all the cousins and my sister, like she's the first to have kids. So, okay. so like the special, uh, the bosses. Like, yeah. Boss. Yeah. It's really great having, I have a little person in my life too, a three yeah. year old. And, um, it's really great just watching the world through them yeah they're, they're funny and hilarious inquisitive and yeah, yeah they're, they're 
sometimes they're little shits, but <laughs> my God, but like, yeah. uh, they're, they're really something else. And they're like, they're such, um, true examples of, th- <laughs> of things like changing all the time. Like my yeah. stepdaughter, uh, this morning it was <laughs> a battle getting her coat on and yeah. now she's going to come home and she's going to be like, Oh my God, the best thing happened. Yeah. The Christmas tree. And like, it's, she yeah. doesn't remember about the coat. No, she doesn't. <laughs> and sometimes I want to remind her. I am like, remember, yeah. what a, you know, what, what you were like this morning. It's but, so true. Yeah. Cause it could ruin our whole day and like, or start our day off wrong and like be yeah. so aggravated all day. But like for like, they just change like just that they're so resilient and yeah. like yeah and the belief that they have in themselves like i see confidence. her look at herself in, in the mirror and she just like she's pulling faces she's dancing in the mirror she's like yeah. look at me <laughs> like i'm like wow that could really if i could walk into like half of my auditions with that type of confidence like yeah. it would be amazing i yeah. know okay. so yeah, fam- yeah like i guess going back to meaning in my life is definitely family and yeah so I always finish the podcast with uh, one, uh, it's not a question, but complete the phrase with yeah. one word if you can. Okay. But Jessica is a vehicle for? Um, fun? I like that. Yeah. I like that. You're the first one that said that. That's so just, great. Yeah. Well, I just feel like we can't take ourselves too seriously, you know? Word. So I just think, yeah, if I could lighten the mood anywhere, then I'm happy. Oh, that's... I... I re- that sounds really great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And and you do. Like, you definitely do. Like, yeah. whenever... You do make the casting process just really smooth and I feel Good. comfortable and I know many other actors feel comfortable coming in and and being in that room with you and and just and thank you for your generosity and thank another you. question actually yeah, just sure. really quick um what's uh what's in store for you in 2020 Ooh. that you're willing to talk about maybe there's a bunch of things that you don't really want to yeah well jinx, honestly but... <laughs> no we I right now a lot is in limbo I guess but in the meantime, I'm going to be working on, like, a personal project with a Ooh, colleague of mine. That's exciting. Um, yeah. In, in casting? Well, we want to, like, develop our, our like, a web series. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, you know, we both, we started doing this a while ago and then had to put it on the back burner because of our paying jobs yeah life yeah and yeah Uh, you know so it's like yeah we we don't have time for this right now so we're both sort of and she's in the she's like I need to work on projects that I care about she's more like writer director Mm -hmm. and you know um so we're just like we need to make work for ourselves yeah yeah so that's what we're going to be focusing on at least at the beginning of the year and we'll see what else comes up Awesome. Yeah. Jessica, thank you so much thank for you. being on the podcast. And thank you for having a, me. A very fruitful and creative and enjoyable and fun. Fun. 2020. Yeah.